I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. And welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for 95ers podcast with myself, Andrew Marshall. Today, we're going through a very important topic, very um, difficult topic that I have found over the years, and that is the ultimate guide to getting, and most importantly, staying lean. For those who haven't done so already, go to the link in my description, check out your, the, the links in there. Get a completely free meal plan. You will also see a, a link there to, to grab a free strategy session. We are now giving away three of these each week where we help game plan your goals, your challenges, your plan for the next six months completely for free. So if that's interest, interest or of interest to you, if I can fucking speak right, um, then by all means, click the top link in the description. But let's get into it, the topic at hand, um, and we will go from there. Now, firstly, about a backstory about myself. Um, I was always someone who was worried about carrying excess fat. Now, I started the the gym training, working out, whatever you want to call it, almost nine years ago now. Um, and I was what you would probably call skinny fat. Um, you will have heard the term coined. You will have probably heard it bounded about. I had zero muscle and I had body fat, which is not an ideal combination. Now, the earlier years, the first couple of years, few years, things weren't really consistent. I would constantly switch between these cutting and building phases. I would try and lose body fat. I would fucking starve myself, literally. Eat chicken and brown rice and plain stuff and all this kind of thing. And then I would realize I would I would lose a bit of body fat, but get not even relatively lean. I still, had a, still carried some excess fat. And it might, I would turn around and I would just be completely skinny, completely small, feel like I had no muscle. I was insecure. I was unhappy with how I looked and zero confidence. That is the cycle I went through for years. Now, I want to help people avoid doing the same thing because it was a mistake I made for a long time and it's a mistake I see a lot of people making. First and foremost, before we get into how you actually get and stay lean, if you're someone who's coming into this for the first time, you've never really been exposed to weight training or resistance training, there is a benefit to maybe focusing on a bit of both to start with, where you can build muscle, you can lose fat, and that can certainly be done in a well-structured, well-thought-out program with a good nutrition plan. Now, there's a couple of guys in the program who even in this call who are doing that and have done that successfully at the moment. But if you're someone who... Um, is very small, is very skinny, then it may be a, a, an opportunity or an emphasis to try and build some muscle first. Now, at the end of the day, 
you don't need to look like the Hulk to, to feel comfortable. Um, I've been trying to look like the Hulk for nine years, and I'm still fucking nowhere near. So um, you don't need to worry too much about over-bulking up. That's a, that's a concern that some people come to me with um, straight off the bat, and I can assure you it's not one to think about. Um, but let's kind of get into the topic at hand, and that is the ultimate guide to, to getting and staying lean. So I've kind of put together essentially a 10-point checklist. Now, at the end of the call and at the end of the this topic as well, we're going to get into the Q&A for anyone who's listening to the podcast. Again, if there's anyone who's on the call or in the Facebook group or anything along those lines, shit, I'm not streaming to the Facebook group. Classic. <laughs> I, 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 no way have I ever got to do something. How is that even possible? <laughs> Fuck's sake, man, I do this every week. You'd think I'd get used to it. Um, <laughs> but um, let me just share this up in the Facebook So uh, we will be going um, into Q&A towards the back half of the call, but let's just get into the, the ultimate guide to, to getting this feeling because um, unfortunately people in the Facebook group are just going to have to, to miss out in the first part of the call. But essentially, as I said, it will be a, a kind of 10-part checklist, um, and I'll go through kind of the... The principles um, and strategies, the overarching concepts to getting and staying lean, rather than giving minutia around meal timings and things like that, which really is less important than most people think, I want to give you actionable strategies that literally anyone listening to this can go into action. Maybe getting... Um, sorry, I really can't type and talk at the same time. <laughs> and I need to put a I need to put a header for the <laughs> for the for Facebook thing. Um, right. So I think we are streaming in the Facebook group eventually, um, and we're good to go. So for point number one, um, if I can grab my points up, and that is that is all honesty. Embrace change. Like um, anyone who thinks that, listen. If you're someone who is overweight who is unfit, who is unhealthy, who's carrying excess body fat, who doesn't like how they look, you can sugarcoat it however you like. The choices that you have made have got you to where you are now. Period. End of story. Like, don't care about your genetics. Don't care if you're big boned. Don't care if you're this, that, and the next thing. The choices that you have made have got you to the point where you're at. Embrace that. As, as harsh as it may sound, as harsh as it may seem, if you're unhappy with where you're at, it is your, your fault 100%. End of story. But you can then take action on it. It's up to you and it's in your hands to embrace the change and to make the change, you have the power to do it. So how do you then embrace the change and move forward? You have to make some form of identity shift. You cannot remain the same person who is ordering multiple takeaways a week, constantly eating in the go, neglecting sleep, not doing any exercise, and expect to get lean and stay lean. Listen, you're going to have to shift your lifestyle and your habits and your changes. Anyone who tells you you can go on a diet for eight weeks or go on a diet for 12 weeks or do this for a couple of months and that's you for the rest of your life is talking out their ass, plain and simple. <laughs> like When you go on something like this or when you go on a new journey, when you... If you want to get lean and stay lean, you have to become a different person than where you're at. If you're not lean just now, that is, of course. If you're lean just now and you walk around happy, confident, good body fat percentage all year round, 
a skull's probably not for you. <laughs> You've just worked on enough. You've already got it figured out. <laughs> but for those who are wanting to make changes, then, of course, tune in. So embracing change is the first point. Second one is playing the long game here. Again, no matter what age you are, unless you're in your 80s or your 90s listening to this call, and I would, I would, I would go to far as say 70s, you can probably, this is probably applicable, unless you're in your 80s or 90s listening to this call, which I very much doubt is, is going to reach that audience. If it does, I will be fucking... A bit chuffed in some ways, probably. <laughs> but if you're not 80 plus listening to this call, and even if you are, there may be some, some, some benefits to listening then, but you have to play the long game. The likelihood is most people watching this are going to be somewhere in the region of late 20s to mid 40s, mid 50s. That, that, that's the general generic or the general clientele who listen to this podcast. So you're probably going to be somewhere in that range. On the low end of that, in terms of years left, you've probably got 30 to 40. The way medical advances are going, the average age is going to be 85, 90 before we know it. Um, so start looking long-term. Look at things and, and approaches and, and methods that you can do that are going to last the test of time. And but things like quick fixes and, and, and overnight approaches and pills that you take for fat loss are not the, uh, the answer. They may help for a week or two, they may help for a month or two, but they're not going to help for a year or two. And what is the point in doing anything if you're just going to end up back where you started in a year's time or two years' time? Complete, complete waste of time, knowledge, energy, resources. You should be as well not trying in the first place. So anytime you embrace change or anytime you decide to make changes, do it with the notion that you're going to be doing it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. I've been doing this, as I said, nearly nine years. I am not going to stop. This is who I am. This is the person I am. I train, I eat, I go to bed similar time every night. I eat healthy most of the year. That is most of the time. That is what I do. That is who I am. It's not going to change. That And, and, and that is the person I've become over the last few months, uh, the last few years, sorry. Um, it wasn't necessarily who I always was, certainly not, <laughs> I can assure you. I used to have a, for anyone who's Scottish and knows this, I used to have in school, my lunch was a quarter pizza crunch and chips. <laughs> and I am not fucking joking. It was a pound 70. That was my lunch money. I got a quarter pizza, pizza crunch and chips, and that is what I had. Um, on other days, when I didn't fancy that, I would have a packet of Starburst, a Mars bar, a packet of tube of Smarties, and a bottle of Iron Brew. That again, you could get for a pound seventy. You cannot get that for a fucking pound seventy now. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> That's, if you take nothing else away from the cob, take that. Um, the sweeties have went up in price. <laughs> Probably quarter crunch has as well. But that is can assure you was not um, the habits and the lifestyle choices that 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 I am accustomed to now. Um, and that's why I was, as I said, skinny fat. <laughs> Number three, the checklist here, um, and that is prep your meals. Simple, easy, effective. I don't know how many times I've been through it. I will batter people over the head with it until they do it um, because it is genuinely the most simple, the most effective, the most time-efficient way to stay on track with your meals. I am not going to dive in deep to it. Just do it. Just learn how to do it. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know what to prep, go onto my YouTube, pick three recipes, 
Prep them for the week, and that's you. Sorted, done. <laughs> Moving on. Um, number four, resistance train three to four times per week. By resistance train, I mean resistance. As in resistance bands, dumbbells, weights, and a very high intensity exercise where you are pushing your muscles to failure. I do not mean cardio. I do not mean long walks in the beach. <laughs> I mean resistance training, where you're doing intense periods of exercise for 40 to 60 minutes. You do not need to move mountains. You do not need to be like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger and go to the gym for five hours. I certainly don't do that. I certainly don't have time for that. <laughs> and none of us here listening are working towards a bodybuilding world title. So think about how you can create a carve-out time for three to four efficient, effective resistance training routines. Resistance training is the key to staying lean, building lean muscle tissue, living happier, living healthier, living longer. End of story. Cardio is effective. I would never suggest taking it out, but resistance training is the king. It is the pinnacle. It is the one thing that is going to keep, like, is going to get you and keep you lean the majority of the year round. You cannot influence your body in certain ways unless you apply resistance to it. You cannot build muscle without applying load, applying resistance, recovering, doing all these things. You do not get that with cardio. How many of you? Let's look at Mo Farah, for example. Mo Farah is a marathoner. He is a cardio freak. <laughs> Fair enough that he's built for it. That's his sport. That's not how I want to look. But that is, you will build no muscle tone. You will build no muscle mass if you're just doing cardio all day, every day. You have to look outside of it. Which I still, to this day, get questions. Should I be doing cardio for fat loss? Should I just be... That's my favourite. Should I, I, I want to turn the muscle into fat, uh, sorry, the fat into muscle, but I need to lose the, I need to lose the fat first and then I want to turn the fat into muscle. Who the fuck come up with that, I will never know. I mean, that is just the most absurd thing I have ever heard in my life. I want to turn this fat into muscle. Like, that just does not make sense. I just want to turn this heart into a lover. <laughs> like that's not how it works you do not turn one tissue into another type of tissue simple as that like let's stop that analogy or let's stop that. and to this day I get into conversations with people who say listen I, I'm just wanting to turn this fat into muscle like, so you want to lose fat and you want to build muscle that's what you want to do and that is you, you do that by getting lean and then building some muscle applying some resistance training and applying some load so um, a quick one there for anyone who, and, and another one, fat, muscle's heavier than fat. No, it's not. Muscle and fat weigh the same. <laughs> a kilo of muscle is the same as a kilo of fat. Like, <laughs> come on, play the game. Like, muscle is more dense than fat, a.k.a. it takes up less space. So a, a pound of muscle might look like the size of my fist, where a pound of fat might look like the size of my head. Now, that was just pure numbers there, right? I have no idea. But that is what I'm trying to get at there. <laughs> so resistance training three to four times a week. And number five, I believe here, number five, um, go to bed and wake up at the same time every single day. Your body is a machine that runs off circadian rhythm. It runs off your sleep and wake cycle. When it's consistent, you feel good, you feel energetic, you go to the bathroom at similar times, you do all these things that your body runs off. You get hungry at the same times. 
all the signals and hormonal processes and things like that in your body are run off your circadian rhythm. The more you can get in tune with a routine, the better you're going to feel, the more energy you're going to have, the better you're going to perform, the more effective you're going to be when it comes to working out, staying productive, getting work done, being happier, being healthier, all of these different things all compound just by simply getting up and waking, going to bed and waking up at the same time. I've mentioned uh, Jordan um, Jordan before. Um, what's his second name? That's absolutely escaped me at the moment. Um, oh, well. Um, <laughs> I forget his name. But he wrote 12 Rules to Life. Um, incredible guy. Um, and, and as I, I could have mentioned before, he deals with people who have clinical depression. And the first thing he says to them is, forget everything else. Just keep, go to bed and wake up at the same time. Absolutely key. Number six here. This is one of my own, but I will stand by it. Have a contrast shower in the morning. Get the blood flowing. Get yourself moving. There's nothing worse than dragging yourself through the first half of the day. Like, you still walk into your work like a zombie. Heels dragging behind me, knuckles dragging off the ground. There's Dean giving me the thumbs up. He's on the contrast shelves. <laughs> Good man, Dean. Um, if you're not doing these, please give them a try. Tony Robbins um, is another one who's famous for doing these. He has, well, he's, he's got a fancier version than me. Um, he's probably got one in his big multi-million pound LA pad or whatever he stays. Um, but he has a plunge pool out his back door, which is an ice cold pool every single day he gets up in the morning no questions asked just straight into it no questions asked doesn't hesitate well apparently probably does he's, he's, he's quite a successful guy um walks in <laughs> doesn't pass go doesn't collect 200 dollars fucking straight in the pool that is him alive awake for the day and i'm telling you when you do that when you take that plunge, when you jump into something like that contrast shower in the morning, you will feel fucking alive. I cannot, I cannot emphasize the benefits of it enough. So why is Andrew, how is, how is a contrast shower beneficial for fat loss? Well, I feel more energetic in the morning. I get more steps in. I am more energetic throughout the first half of the day. I am alive. I'm not half asleep. I am just, you just feel better. And when you feel good, you make good choices. Simple, plain and simple. That That's my honest opinion. So that, to me, Gareth, good to see you on, mate. Um, that is why I find it absolutely key to have one of these in the morning. Getting into point number seven, my counting's right, and that is de-stress and remove devices for 60 minutes before bed. One I still need to work on personally. Um, I do try this... I, I, I do do this religiously most of the time, um, but like anyone else, I make mistakes, I just slip up, I do not hold myself accountable at times, and this is one that I notice a massive difference day in, day out when I do this. De-stress for 60 minutes before bed and cut out devices. First and foremost, that means turning the laptop off, turning the phone off, turning the TV off. If you're going to sleep with the TV on, that is fucking bad for you. Like That is, that is going to negatively impact your life in quite a significant way. So cut that out. I used to do it every single night. I used to not be able to go to sleep without the TV on. Um, and I wondered why I wasn't in good shape. Um, but 
hey ho, you learn. <laughs> so de-stress for 60 minutes before. What does that involve? That could mean a multitude of things. Listen, um, it could mean a lot of things to a lot of people. I personally like stretching, yoga, um, meditation, some deep breathing. Sex is probably another one that would probably be up there. Um, that's certainly something you could throw in an hour before. Um, that doesn't involve any screens. If it did, girlfriend probably wouldn't be too happy. Uh, <laughs> so there's a couple of options you can certainly use before bed um, and certainly my favourites. <laughs> Again, pick, pick and choose yoga, meditation, reading. These, all, these are all good things that I personally like to do as well. Number eight, and this is remove temptations Sunday to Friday. Have one to two meals off plan each week. And I stress there one to two meals. And I stress there staying on track Sunday to Friday. Now, you can be flexible with that. And when I say Sunday to Friday, like I will be very strict or very on plan. I very rarely waver through, throughout the week. It's almost a non-event, to be honest. Monday through Friday, Sunday through Friday. Saturday, I will have a meal out. Friday, I will probably have a meal out as well. But the first half of those days, I make better choices. That is your key to stay getting and staying lean. You cannot have a full-blown fucking cheat day every single week and expect to make progress. <laughs> I used to have disgusting cheat days. <laughs> like five, six, probably 7,000 calories. I don't even know. I used to eat, eat until I was sick. And that happened in actually multiple occasions. Um, so if you're having full-blown days where you're going with just no consideration for your nutrition or habits or anything, you are going to wipe your progress out. You're going to struggle to get and stay lean. You really are. One to two meals, probably not going to do much harm. Again, I've stressed this before, the meals do not start at 12 in the afternoon and end at 7. A meal is a meal. Like, have a meal and then move on. That's you. The Friday night, the Saturday night, whatever that looks like, but enjoy yourself. And I encourage it. If you, if you don't, you're just, you can't go into that robot mode all the time. You can't go on to a, a nutrition approach that you're expecting to be on for the rest of your life and say, I'm never going out with my business for a dinner, a dinner again. Or, I'm never having an Indian takeaway again. Or, whatever your favourite food is, whatever events come up, what happens when you have events? What happens when you have something come up? Oh, shit, this shit that's me. I'm, I'm off track now. I've, I've had a couple of beers. That's that Game over. One bad week, one bad month, and you're back to square one. Um, so always have that. I always recommend having you know a couple of meals off plan each week. But you just go and have what you want. If you want to have a couple of beers with it, a drink, a wine, or whatever, doesn't matter. Go for it. Um, next, nine, getting into the second last point here, and that is hit 10 to 15k steps daily. That is absolutely massive. Like, there's no excuses for anyone not being able to do that. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care how much you've got going on. Find time to get the steps in. I worked in an office and get 15,000 steps a day in because I parked far away. I took walks in my lunch break, I took a walk in the morning, I took a walk before I left. Like, if you're working from home, do the same. Like, but no one's going to tell me they don't have 10 minutes, 15 minutes, three times per day to go a walk. That is just not the case. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you can get those steps in. You can push for them. Um, 
it's then up to you to structure your day in a way that you can get them in. And again, I will always tie it back to the point as well. Do not try and leave it all to chance at night. If you've had a stressful day, if you've had a long day and you're saying, oh, I'm going to power these 20,000 steps tonight, I'm fucking go for it. You're quarter past 10, I'm getting out there. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Behave. Like, rein it in. Just hit the steps throughout the day. Three to four, 10 to 15 minute walks. You don't need to be a hero at 10 o'clock at night. Just, just stay on top of things and you'll be fine. Like, plan ahead. If you know you're, you've got a busy day all the time, if you know what's going to be madness, then it's time to get up in the morning for 20 minutes before you get up. And again, Scotland doesn't have great weather. Get a brolly on, get a tunes on, and go for it. <laughs> Whatever gets you. Listen to this shit. Listen to me in the morning. <laughs> Put one of my podcasts on or something. Um, get, get, get your steps in. Um, and the final point, and that is check-in every single week. Now, those who are on the programme, of course, you have that built in. Um, there is a weekly check-in process. I don't care. If you're try, if you're training alone, if you're doing whatever, it doesn't matter what your goal is. If you have a goal, if you, in my opinion, anyone who's on this call probably should have one, then you must be checking in with yourself every single week. Ask yourself the question. Sit down. Take photos. Take measurements. Weigh yourself. How did my week go? What did I fuck up on? What did I do well on? What did I move forward on? Where can I improve next week? Basic questions that will hold you accountable and allow you to move yourself forward. I check in every single week. I have a coach, yes. Majority of you on this call have a coach. But people still don't check in every single week. Like, if you want to get and stay lean, letting, letting a check-in slide just because you had a bad week is... I'm trying to think of a good analogy here. <laughs> um, nah, I've not got one. I'll, I'll think of one. Like, not checking in because you have had a bad week because you're just sweeping it under the carpet. Like, if you had a bad week, meet it head on. Like, why did I have a bad week? Let me take the pictures of me going backwards. Let me take the measurements of me going backwards because see, when you do it, you don't want to do it again. You see, right, okay, I've slipped up, fine. Listen, we all have bad weeks, we all have bad months. I mean, I went to to Asia for a month last year. Um, or was it 2019? <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? <laughs> I went to Asia when you could travel, <laughs> which was a bit, feels like it was about five years ago. Um, but it was, it was last year, and I didn't train once. Um, that long ago, I thought it was a while ago, David. It feels like fucking five years ago. Um, but I went to Asia in March of 2019. Um, Travelled for a month with multiple countries. I did not train once. I did not take much care to nutrition. I checked in clients, funnily enough. I still took calls. <laughs> but um, I done nothing of my own. Drank, ate what I wanted for a month. Listen, the day I come back, I did not like the photos that I took. But you better believe it, the day I got off the plane, I was taking those photos, checking in, right, what's my game plan for the next four weeks? How do I get back to where I was before? And that's perfectly fine. We all, and it may be a slip up, it may be an injury, it could be anything. But get back to it. Do that check-in process on a weekly basis. I checked out for that month, and that's perfectly fine. If you're doing that, if you're going away, or if something you've got something you, you maybe want to zone out for a few weeks, fine. 
But if you're working actively towards a goal and you want to get lean and stay lean, which is the whole purpose of this call, then checking in weekly is absolutely essential. Just with yourself, take photos, take measurements, record your, your weigh-ins. What was good? What was bad? How can I improve? Simple questions. What was my steps this week? Do I need to improve them? Where, did it, where could I have been better? Was my sleep okay? Was I going to bed up? Like basic, simple questions that you need to answer and hold yourself accountable to. Um, but that is the ultimate guide to staying and getting lean. Um, now we're getting into the Q&A. So if anyone um, has any questions, stick them in the chat box or feel free to jump in. I am going to jump onto the, the questions from the check-in as well and go through them also. Um, let's see. Do we have any questions? Do we have any questions? Possibly a webinar topic rather than for QA and we approach the first period. David, that's a good point, mate. I will cover that. Um, I have already got next week's call topic booked. Someone requested something else, but going into December, I will cover festive period and staying on track. Um, <laughs> I'll say one thing there's not going to be very many Christmas nights out this year. <laughs> that's that's one thing you can you can bet to staying on track with. Um everybody's gonna save a fucking fortune. <laughs> Shame for the pubs right enough in the restaurants, which isn't ideal. Um but that is the decision that's been made by our um, great leader, Nittler. <laughs> as some may call her. <laughs> um, shoulder training thing in a split span shoulder press in a split stance is not comfortable lower back plane and wobbly Stuart Coleman is that normal so Stuart for, for reference have you tried it with without the split stance where your feet are together go with that go with that I, gen I generally personally find, and from my own experience and working with a lot of people, that the split stance seems to be the more popular one and gives you more stability. But always tie it back into what you're more comfortable with. If you feel you're more comfortable and you're more stable with the, the, just the two feet side by side, go for it. That will, it will make zero impact. The goal, the goal of any exercises, I always see in those tutorial videos, cement the rest of your body. We're only focusing on working your shoulders. So if we're unstable anywhere else, that's going to lead to a weakness. That's going to lead to instability in the movement. It's going to lead to a weakness somewhere in the chain. And if you're wobbling, you're not going to be as effective at producing output, producing force, building muscle. So if you can get yourself more stable, then by all means, that's going to help. Now, then you, would, you might turn around and say, well, Andrew, why don't we just do it seated? Well, th th there's nuances between the exercises. Firstly, I don't think Stuart is a bench, so that's why he's got the, the stand and press in there. But there's more there's advantages to engaging your core. There's actually more side delt activation in a shoulder press as well. So there's a couple of nuances why I would choose a standing shoulder press as opposed to a dumbbell so that it's not just black and white all the time. You have to take into consideration circumstances, what you're trying to achieve with the exercise. But, pardon me, if there is something that is causing you to throw off balance or is an a discomfort or something along those lines and you, you know there's a better way, always choose that. If you can be more stable when executing an exercise, it's going to give you a better platform to execute from. It's going to allow you to perform the exercise better, build more muscle, Decrease your chance of injury, all those myriad of different kind of um, 
positive effects, essentially. Hopefully that makes sense, Chuck. No problem. Uh, questions, questions, questions. Let me see. Hold on. Do, do, do. Where are we? Where did I get to? Right, I'm going to Craig. Nothing, all good. John's looking forward to the gyms opening back up. Yes, absolutely, my friend. Um, can you help? Can you help? All good, all good, all good, all good. Explain the chest best movement so don't feel it in shoulders and what fingers on what rings of the bar. Um, Dean, this is from yourself. Is this specifically on a machine? Or when you say rings in the bar, are you talking about a press or a barbell or what are you kind of alluding to there, Dean? Right, okay, so just like a flat bench. Yeah, right, okay, with you, right. So um, in terms of the execution of a bench press, what you will tend to see and what a lot of people will feel is Activation in the shoulders and the triceps. Now, this is the classic. You'll see the you'll see the bodybuilder come into gyms like this. Shoulders rolled forward. All he's ever done, all he's ever done is arms and shoulders. That's what he's done, right? What you need to think about the best chest exercise you can do then, in that case, is a back exercise. Now, what you have to think about when performing a bench press you really have to open up your chest. You have to pull your shoulder blades down and back. Think about this cue, and I mentioned it in the videos. Think about firstly, trying to pinch a pound coin with your shoulder blades. That's what you should be trying to do. Think about trying to, to, to pull your shoulder blades down and back. This should be your first movement, down and back. You open up your chest, you open from here, you're not hunched over, you're not rounded, you really have to drive those shoulders back. That's going to open up the movement, that's going to open up your chest and allow you to actually bench press properly. Then from there, go with a grip that's comfortable. There is no perfect one size fits all. I tend to find that putting my, is that, that's not your ring finger, what's, what, what's, the, what's that one called? <laughs> so I don't know what that one's called. <laughs> The one, the one that's next to your pinky, whatever, whatever name that's got, <laughs> the technical term. I tend to find personally that placing that finger directly in line with the ring and over the ring is a good grip for me. But again, the key focus being that you keep your shoulders pinned back at all times, slow in the negative, and as you're pushing forward. Think about driving your elbows into meat. Forget about the bar in your hand. This is a strange cue. Forget about the weight in your hand. All you should be thinking about throughout a bench press is bringing your elbows into meat. Now, you won't be able to because they're fixed in a fixed position on the bar. But if you think about that mentally, what that does is it initiates, uh, what you get is it, Tension, sorry, you get tension, uh, inward intention on the bar from your hand, and that helps fire up and contract your chest. So, what I want you to do, Dean, is get the bar, just go with the bar, 
it doesn't matter how far you go down, you don't need to touch your chest if you can't get that range of motion. It's better if you can go that far, perfect. If you can, no problem. But I really want you to focus on opening up your chest, so pulling your shoulders down and then back, or back and then down, however you, whatever way you want to look at it. And think about that entire time. Think about as if you're trying to hold a pound coin between your shoulder blades and keep that at all times. Then all you're doing, and the difference, you can do this, you can do this just now. You can literally do it just now on the call as you're watching. Give it a try if you've got your camera off, mate, but honestly, give it a try. <laughs> I'm not joking. Pull your shoulder blades down and back and then press forward and think about only bringing your elbows into me. Just, just think about that. Try and bring your elbows into me while keeping your shoulder blades pushed back. You do that, I guarantee you'll feel it in your chest. All you're then doing is replicating the movement with weight. You will probably have to drop the weight with what you're doing, but the weight is fucking irrelevant. If the tension isn't going where you want it to, if the tension isn't going to the right places, aka you're feeling it in your shoulders, you're probably lifting too much weight, the form isn't where it should be, we may need to make some tweaks. Now, I will also say with a caveat that sometimes exercises are not good fits. Sometimes a bench press doesn't work for some people. And that may be down to your anatomy. It could be the way your shoulders are aligned. You may have a natural rounding of the shoulders, which makes things like that difficult, where maybe cable flies or flies would come in more handy. So first and foremost, give what I just walked through a try. Start with literally the bar. That's all you need. Add five, add 10 kilos. Scale the weight up very slowly to a point where you're comfortable. Go ultra slow negatives. Really slow the movement down. Feel and contract every single inch of the rep. If you cannot feel tension in your chest through every inch of the range of motion, something's wrong. It may require adjustment. And what to do is, as well, is send us videos. I know you've done that before. By all means, get us to send, across, send us across videos. We will have a look at them, assess them. Absolutely no problem at all. That makes sense, mate. Perfect. Do, give that a go first for me. It may be that we need to change the exercise, but I would, I would like to try that first. Really pull, pull those shoulders down and back and focus on driving your elbows into me. Naturally, when you do that, the bar's going to come up. The bar's going to go where you want it to. Um, so give that a try, and we'll see where we go from there. Questions, questions, questions. Do, do, do. Nothing at the moment. Information on higher reps but lower reps. Right, so, Stuart. Um, information on whether higher reps but lower reps, so lower weight. Information on whether higher weights but lower reps. Out with planned stroke guided sets, okay, well to lower weight but increase reps stroke sets. Information on higher weights but lower reps sets. Out with planned stroke Okay. You're looking at. Yes. So, so the way a program works and the way we structure things, we will look at it from you know a four or a six month perspective. 
I prefer to look at it from 12, and that's why, personally, I don't work with anyone for less than 12 months now. But how we structure things and how we lay things out, there will be rest, there will be periods of 12 to 15 reps, we were focusing maybe six to eight reps, we were maybe focusing on eight to 10 reps, we were maybe focusing six to eight, and those, you will see these built into the plans. Now, if you're in a fat loss phase and have been for an extended period of time, which you have been, um, I believe you've dropped quite a considerable amount of weight over the you know, kind of past you know, six to eight months or so, strange. so what you will, you will generally tend to see is decreases in strength, and that is just how it goes. At the start of my photo shoot prep, to the end of my photo shoot prep, my strength was down around 25 to 30%. Now, what I do is drop the weight. We try and match the rep ranges. So if we've laid out 12 to 15 reps and you need to drop the weight slightly to, to stay within those, those parameters, that's no problem. Sometimes during a fat loss phase, you are just going to lose strength. If it's an extended period like yourself where you've been on it for months, that is perfectly normal. You are not losing muscle mass. You're simply just losing glycogen. You're losing leverages. If you think about it, if you're heavier, if you have more mass, or just overall mass, you have more to push in opposite directions. You have more leverage to use in a weight. So therefore, if you decrease in overall mass, your ability to push up a force the other way simply decreases. What I would say is lighten up the weight and keep the training as intense as you possibly can for the rep range. Keep the weight is as high as you can for the allocated reps. That's as, that's as difficult as it needs to get. In terms of maintaining muscle mass, it takes almost nothing to maintain muscle mass. Almost nothing. Literally one set per week of intense work to failure will maintain muscle mass. What you will see is decreases in glycogen, decreases in water, decreases in overall fat stores, which is going to lead to decreases in size, strength, and inches everywhere. So as you get smaller, sometimes, and again, you're someone who's trained for a while. Now, that, again, it means that the likelihood of your strength decreasing in the fat loss phase is increased. Someone's coming off the bat, never trained in their life, never been exposed to resistance training, I would expect them to be getting stronger in a, in a fat loss phase of, of maybe six months. But if you're someone who's got over two years' experience of consistent training, the likelihood that you're going to maintain your strength in a fat loss phase is very slim. As I said, I literally dropped 30% of my strength while I was in my fat loss phase um, from a photo shoot, and I didn't drop too much weight. I think I dropped about six and a half, seven kilos. It wasn't anything massive, um, but just because the body fat was so low, energy levels tend to get lower, you just have less fuel, you get less glycogen, you tend to see you just tend to see slight decreases in strength. So if you need to drop the weight to stay within the rep ranges, don't stress it. It's perfectly fine. Again, you have to look at it from the phases perspective. The, the goal here, the main aim, the main focus is to lose body fat. All I have to do is maintain muscle and get the body fat off. When I'm comfortable, then we can work in strength. And that's why it should always be, as I kind of alluded to at the start of the call, long-term perspective, thinking big picture. You have to chunk things down into to, to, to small phases. Am I hell of a lot stronger than I was at the, 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 the end of my photo shoot now? <laughs> like it's not temp, it's only temping. Um, you will gain strength back very quickly once you start putting more carbs in, once you start getting more calories in, once you start getting back into a calorie surplus. So it's nothing to worry about. It's 
part of the process essentially just maintain the rep range with as much weight and load as you possibly can with of course good form make sense no problem at all um let me see getting to the top here no more questions is it, is it worth doing abs more than once per week? Craig Doherty. Um, so, <laughs> here's another one. I didn't train abs once in the lead up to my photo shoot. Not once. People would think, you fucking train abs about 40 times a week <laughs> to get lean. <laughs> you, you just don't need to do that. Your abs are there. You just maybe haven't seen them. Um, so <laughs> when it comes to training abs, I like to take over with once, maybe twice per week. Um, that's more than enough to maintain. you. If you're squatting, deadlifting, doing compound movements, doing lunges, all these different things, all these load movements, your abs are being trained in some fashion. They're not being directly trained, and yes, there is benefits to them, but you can go and do 5,000 setups if you want. It's not going to get you any leaner um, in terms of, except from the calories it burns, but, which it probably wouldn't be that much. Um, but it, it, when you think about it, all you have in your abdominal wall, if I'm, and obviously anyone who's listening to the podcast can't see this, but all you have is your abdominal wall. You cannot influence the thickness of that very much the how much you can actually influence it again i listened to this and i listened to it i've got this from a podcast from a guy who's fucking hell of a lot smarter than me you cannot influence the size of that abdominal wall very much at all now what is the goal of an exercise the goal of an exercise is to contract and uh and length is to lengthen and contract a muscle aka make it bigger that's what you're trying to do with the exercise you're trying to make a muscle bigger that's and in its most simple terms, you're trying to challenge a muscle to grow. You do the same with abs, but you will see such a low return. You will see little to no, you will stimulate, you will grow them like any other muscle. But most people will say, right, I'm going into a fat loss phase. I need to, I need to get, right, start doing my abs. You're not going to build any muscle. You build muscle when you're in a building phase, when you're in a calorie surplus, when you're focusing on progressive overload. Everyone likes to hit abs when they go into a fat loss phase. It makes no fucking sense. You, it's, it would make more sense to hit abs in the off season or the a season where you're a phase where you're trying to essentially build and put on tissue. So doing abs once per week just to tick over, just to maintain, yes, 100%, core strength, it's certainly going to help with lower back pain, all these different things as well. So by all means, abs once per week, twice if you fancy it, go nuts if you want to go three times and you really enjoy it. But honestly, there is really not much uh, more required other than once to twice per week. I certainly wouldn't say so. And I've personally never really went above that, to be honest. Um, Callum. Um, that's just a question on his meal plans. Callum, you must have a question. Callum, you've always got a question. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Uh, answered them all, mate. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, no, that's us for this evening, team. Um, no, if no one has any more questions, we will leave it at that. Um, but hopefully you've all enjoyed this. For anyone listening to the podcast, if you haven't done so already, 
Go into the link in my bio, grab a free meal plan or workout guide. Also in there will be a link to a completely free strategy call if you want to help me, if you want me to help you game plan the next six months for free. So if you're up for that, just simply go to the link, click the strategy session, book in a slot, completely free. Um, but hopefully you all enjoyed that. Thank you all for your time this evening. If there's anything I can do for anyone, if anyone needs any help, please just let me know. Um, and everyone, of course, check in today. Um, but apart from that, see you all later on. You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job, maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.